Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. I haven't opened my email yet. I think you might have. I did. The KDS. KDS. Choosing your choosing the draft order for a TGFBI. Where are you? One, two, three, four. You're four. Four. Yeah. Okay. Well, is that what you picked? Did you set your order? I yeah. I I, I was pretty simple. I did one, two, three, four, five, fifteen, fourteen, thirteen, and then three. Okay, I did. I did Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Se- uh, eight, nine, seven, ten. I did leaved from the middle as my preference. What? So here we go. I anal- I did some analysis. So here we go. I am. I'm drafting tenth. Whew. See, okay. Now you're saying you're- I like it. What's funny? You're thinking analytically. I am. I was actually thinking more on. I really just don't have fucking time to be the middle of a draft and have it be like one pick, wait forever, one pick. I do. Wait forever. I do. I do. I do. This is valuable. You like look here. Here's here's my analysis. Here's here's my nutshell analysis. I looked at drafts last year. Okay. I looked at where people finished based on where they drafted last year. Okay. And it's way it's weighted to the back half. Really. Unless you were unless you were one or two. So like three through nine statistically was a like worse. Was statistically worse. Okay, but we were People, three but we were threes, so we that's part of partly why they sucked. I'm saying stati- no, because <laughs> because of you did well, right? I'm saying statistically that Not well enough. That yeah, right. So I'm I'm saying that there's I think you can you can statistically show that people in the back half of the draft order actually did better. Mm. Okay, so I'm not too fe- okay, so you would have said if I had done my the the way that I did mine, I just did mine pretty quick. I should have done 1 2 3 15 14 13. Well, I guess my point is that you should never, you should only weight the ones that you're sure are surefire hits. And to me, that's like, that's like bets and, well, maybe not even like trout and bets, right? And then after that, it's iffy. I mean, unless you think like trout's bets, Yelich, right? So you should, I would say that you should only put in for the top ones for players that you were absolutely positive you wanted. So, because that, okay. that was my mistake, is that like that was my mistake about picking three last year, is that after one and two, sure, J Ram seemed like a good three, but like he was a huge tier down. But this is the thing. I mean, this year you have Acuna, Trout, Yelich, Betts. I am fine with ending up with any of those four. That that runs. The Acuna pick runs completely counter to everything you've ever said about sophomore slump. I know. I know. Who okay. am I All if right. not going to? All right. Well, but, we will we'll explore we'll him in detail. 
I don't want to end up with Acuna. I will be clear with that. However, I am fine with that in a way that I was not fine with ending up with J-Ram last year and chose to pick around him. Plus, okay, so that's fair. But who's there? Who's there also? My guy, Nolan. So, see, that's fair. But my point is, like, you should only optimize the top of the draft to the extent that you're sure that you want that player to build your team around. And so I looked at the draft and said, I don't feel that way about the top guys. I don't feel that way. I feel like it's pretty flat. I feel like it's relatively flat this year through the first 10, basically. Wow. So you would take... Oh, but at the same time, I guess I see what you mean. That's actually, it's not an indictment of one one through three. That's actually a, you're pretty. How strong it four is through a ten pretty are. pretty good top ten. And then you have, Wait. so I'm just looking at fantasy. So 2020 fantasy baseball rankings consensus on fantasy pros. Here's the order. Acuna, Trout, Yelich, Bellinger, Betts, Lindor, Story, Cole, Trey Turner. Not Justin, Nolan Arenado. <laughs> so that was kind of that was kind of okay. my analysis. Was like I was that was my that was my rough analysis. Now whether that will bear fruit, I don't know. This was just I'm assuming that we can trust last year's numbers for TGFBI. There was a there was definitely more strength in the back half of the draft. Okay, that's it. That's it. Gotcha. All right. Did you tear through all of BoJack? the second half of the final season in a week uh no a little bit longer no longer than that okay but, um, okay i did i did the second half of the second half in a weekend basically yeah okay four-ish episodes i think i it, this was one where it was really hard to see what the resolution was going to be mm, so i, I think my question it, yeah. is are you, are you happy? We'll just leave it at that. I am content. I am fine. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I, I should have said that. Are you are you at peace with our departure from the BoJack universe? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I, it works. I think I would like to, in my copious free time, go back and watch the very beginning and see... Like, can you connect these? Like, when they started this, did they did they have an off ramp? No, I mean, I assume no. No, but yes, of, like, I feel like that end was uh, uh, the him being in the tub. Like this, the view from halfway down episode. I feel like. Mm-hmm was in somebody's head at least partially like i want to get to this point at some time i guess i guess here's here maybe my question phrased a little bit differently is did they intend for bojack to face consequences when they were setting all of these things up in the early seasons like season one when you first learn that bojack makes bad decisions (laughs) where did they know okay we're going to end this with consequences I think maybe to to an extent they did. I don't know that they. I think that the the way that it took form highly um, is has been evolved through and highly affected by actual current events over the last six years. 
strongly agree. I mean that that is that's very apparent that they're influenced by the real world. Yeah, which is great, which is very fun. And they can turn it around pretty quickly. It's not like you know, it's not like South Park fast, but they can turn around pretty quickly and bring in some themes from the year into into a season, which is good. Right. It's not weekly speed fast, which is kind of one of those interesting, one of the things that you might wish it could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would I would like this writer's room con- commentary on everything in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I think some of, some of the scarcity of BoJack is what made it more, a little bit more special. It was fun. It was, I think it was, it was a really, it was a really good show, I think. And it was different from a lot of the shows that were out in that it had a anti-hero, a male anti-hero who you didn't like most of the time. Right. And you were, and I think, you know, it was clear that you, you weren't supposed to. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Whereas like what Don Draper is the comparison, obviously. Um, yeah. Right. And you're you're supposed to be rooting for him. Right. The show is built around you rooting for him in some way. Yeah. And and that's I mean that's told in how he gets a happy ending and Bojack does not. Well, I mean there's I, they made that a little bit more open to interpretation. Right. What what is what is what could Bojack's happy ending be though? What's what is highly tuned in the show is that he actually is affected by what he's done and that's why it's like it's this vicious cycle and i feel like in a different way than um they're just more bifurcation points in like don draper's development or um you know breaking bad the development of characters it was just like sort of like you're this and then all of a sudden you're this and you're feeling this and then you yeah go back whereas bojack you could feel it the whole time yeah i mean just a yeah really well written show i'm content sad to see it go in some ways sort of like a bittersweet departure all right today on the pod we are going to introduce our projection system and some visualizations that we developed we will push our discussion about the start of season four to next week we wanted to get these projections out so that everyone can do a little bit of draft prep and probably so that we can retune the projections. So here we go. All right, Eric, I, uh, I pushed real projections out there to the world. We can go and get feedback from people now, which was basically the goal. <laughs> uh, and mostly so that we could, our model could get some feedback from you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Things that I haven't done yet, just to get this all out there. We have projected numbers with real innings pitched and plate appearance estimates. But what we don't have is a mashup of the batters and the pitchers by design. Right. We chose not to do that. And I'm not sure that we're going to. We, I mean, we got to. And I, okay, all right. And then I would also say, so that's a good first note. And then I would also say that you should only trust that the way that these are rank ordered is pure roto. That's it. So I'm not saying in this 
I'm uh-huh. going to caveat this way harder than I did last year. I'm not saying that you should just draft Christian Yelich over Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. I'm just saying that when you run out the roto for these guys against every other player here, that Christian Yelich comes out on top. Yeah, that's a pretty good caveat. He will have the biggest positive impact on your team. That's right. Now, should you take this as a draft order? I don't feel that way. I mean, because we talked early on about the fact that Bryce Harper is, people are rating him in the 20s, right? 20 overall. We have him as the seventh hitter on here. I wouldn't draft Bryce Harper as the seventh hitter. No, 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 no. But yeah, this is why but we if need you look, to. But if you look at his numbers, I think his numbers are pretty legit. 267 average, 32 home runs, 99 runs, 100 RBIs, 12 stolen bases. That's like pretty reasonable Bryce Harper numbers. And that, but that's because his, yeah. Well, how are his, how are his error bars on this? Well, zero bars are massive, right? Because so. because there is because there is uncertainty, and the only thing that skews positive, and we'll talk about this in just a second, his his average skews positive runs and RBIs. So basically, uh, I weighted it. Okay, let me take a step back. So there's now a skewness measure on the batters, which is the biggest difference from last year, and the skewness measure is just giving you an indication of how much to one side or the other the error bar is weighted. So, and my my canonical number here is that if it's a plus one, then the distribution is, then two thirds of the error distribution is on the positive side. And if it's a minus one, two thirds of the error distribution is on the negative side. So if we take the Bryce Harper example, 32 home runs, plus minus 14, it's not actually plus minus 14, because we're rating this at roughly negative one. So we would say Bryce Harper's projections are anywhere from, we would say Bryce Harper's projections are anywhere from 22, basically 22 to 36. With the most, (laughs) the most probable number being 32. Okay. So that's not saying the error bar is not weighted such that we think Bryce Harper is going to get like that there's a chance that Bryce Harper gets 46 home runs. Like right. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> we're saying that this is the uncertainty band, but where that uncertainty band is, the skewness tells you which direction it's shifted in. So we think it's way more that it's much more likely that if we miss that Bryce Harper will be below 32 home runs, not above. And then this is the year that he hits 40. <laughs> Sure, but I mean, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That, that error is that error is more or less yeah. allowed, right? <laughs> yeah. But things like so, look, we've got Christian Yelich at 20 stolen bases. We have a massive uncertainty in stolen bases because it's very uh, stolen bases are naturally Always. uncertain, yeah. and they're very strongly skewed negative. So it's really unlikely that he steals 38 bases. Right. It's more likely but, that he steals. <laughs> yeah, it's more likely that he steals 10. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's basically that's the point. So the skewness is a uh, you can't directly apply it to the data, and the reason that you can't directly apply it to the data is because we're not drawing these from a normal distribution. So it's not as simple as hitting a normal distribution, but you can think of it as a heuristic to tell you how far the error uncertainty is weighted one direction or the other. 
This is so much information, isn't it? Well, yes. <laughs> and that's actually my, my main point is like, what do we do with this? This is something that I've wanted because we need to tell people like, okay, <laughs> Ozzy Albee's home runs is not 21 plus minus 11. Ozzy Albee's home runs is like 21 mostly lower and a little bit above that. But Jose Altuve is, you have him at 24 skewed higher. Yes. That's, I like that. Okay. But that's because for the past two years, he's he's outhit that. Mm-hmm. Goldschmidt is also higher. That's interesting. 32. Um, yeah, no, I mean, this is, this, is, this is what we want. Now we need to figure out, as is like our quest, we have this idea in our head. We run at it headlong. We come up with some information, some data, process it, present it to each other's. And then now we're in the point where we have to actually um, digest it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know what to do with that. It's not fair to make, it's not fair to make a normal distribution because of the way that our, the way that our stats are computed uh the way that the way that we do this because we do it in discrete years so while we assume that every year is normally distributed we're basically adding a bunch of gaussians together when you add that together you don't get another gaussian you get some weird higher order distribution and so i tried to consume all of that into one number so mm -hmm. that i didn't give everybody functional forms for everything you know <laughs> i mean that's the other option Question, did you realize that BoJack was canceled? No. Yeah, so apparently it was canceled. It wasn't just, and they basically agreed with, they agreed to end it on their terms. I don't know what to make of that. All right, going to have to think more about that one. Wild, right? Yeah, okay, I'm going to have to think more about that. <laughs> I added something new on the hitting side, which is something that you requested, whether you remember or not. I do. Last year. And I like That it. I make a diagram, and I would call it the, uh, I don't know, the pentastats? The pentagon of stats? Ooh, pentagon. Whatever we want to call it. So what it is, is it's the five hitting stats where average has been converted into hits. And then in the legs of at each vertex of pentagon, you go such a distance out to that pentagon as the percentile of that stat for the whole sample. So if you look at, let's look at, I looked at Charlie Blackman. If you look at Charlie Blackman, they go in quarters. The The thickest red line, the middle one, is uh -huh. telling you the most, the, the most probable percentile. So Charlie Blackman's going to end up in the 100th percentile of runs. The 80th percentile of RBIs, 80th percentile stolen bases, 85th percentile of home runs, and 80th percentile of hits, roughly. Oh, sorry, 100th percentile of hits. Wait. So each dashed line, yeah, each 20%. dashed pentagram, pentagon, <laughs> I've been saying pentagrams to myself all week and I knew it was going to come out, uh, each dashed pentagon is 20 
percentile points. Okay. Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought. Twenty percent. But wait, the hits. So you've got so this. Oh, okay. Okay. The outer. Three, I see. Yeah. There's three levels of red. The deepest red is the low estimate. The middle red is the most probable estimate. And the low, the lightest red is the high estimate. Boy, does it look like there's, it looks like there's a band. <sighs> there's a thick line. I know. Okay. okay. Look, <laughs> look, man, we are workshopping Don't, right now. It's okay. It's okay. I got it's it. okay. No. I, <laughs> Do you know how I hard it. it is to, you know how hard it is to procedurally generate no. 400 web pages? <laughs> well, because <laughs> no. that's what I did. I like, I did this. This is an like, HTML. Could I, yeah, obviously. Could I do this as a JavaScript thing? Maybe. Would that have killed me to do it? Yes. Okay. So is this a prototype version of where I would like to eventually go? Also, yes. I'm just giving you Got the it. vision. I'm I see it. You the vision. I see it. I see it now. I can understand it now. I agree. I agree. I got it. So I think... <laughs> I, I have some workshopping to do, and maybe now is not the time or place. Maybe you just email me a list of recommendations. But basically, this I think that this is a value-added product. If you hate staring at all those numbers, you click on the name, and you can immediately see, like, oh, yeah, Charlie Blackman is going to add things kind of all over the place. But if you look at somebody like Trey Turner, for instance, uh-huh. he has he has a very characteristic triangle diagram that's really strong in hits runs stolen bases and really weak in home runs and rbis and you have opposites if you look at like marcelo zuna he's like a triangle of other legs of home runs runs and rbis i like i i mean i like this i don't it's sort of we still have to figure out the best way to present it to people to how to be useful strongly agree and in some ways this is most useful this is going to be most useful when we get to like the 10th round of tgfbi and we're like kyle seager how is that going to affect my team what would be really helpful what would be kind of interesting is if we could do this we have to create the mental map of this maybe this is maybe i create the spreadsheet tool to do this of what our team looks like you know, in this format so that we can see, oh. so we can compare like, oh, my team is really strong, you know, in the home run stolen bases, runs category triangle and RBIs and hits. And then you take a look at Kyle Seeger and you're like, huh, look at that. He's really strong in the RBIs. Maybe he would be a good player to add right now. So anyway, I, uh, I haven't looked at all of these yet. So if anybody out there is clicking through these <laughs> and they to. don't make sense. I mean, there's 400. I, I went all the way down to 150 forecast plate appearances this year. So we actually go about a third, is again, deeper this year than we did last year. I think that about brings us to the review session. Wow, how did I get the tire Rogers? I'm not sure Tyler? how. I, Taylor? Frankly, I'm not sure how you did that. I guess his I'm, real name is Taylor Rogers. Taylor Rogers. Do you know that he had two wins last year? And uh, four losses, though. Yeah, I, I, those are always funny to look at, the number of wins and losses for really 30 good. saves in 60 games, 69 innings pitched, 11.74 Ks per nine. That's pretty good. And a 1.43 walks per nine. Whew, love that number. 
Also, is it crazy that he had a .307 BABIP last year? That seems bad for a closer. <laughs> That's pretty 3.07. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What was it? What you... 307. 307. That's I pretty was like, bad. I was converting it into, I thought you were, you were, gonna, you were saying FIP. Um, 307. Wow. That's unlucky. That's not that's not where you want it's not where you want your guys to be. Yeah. So it's unlucky. Had, is that unlucky or is that the twins? <laughs> well, I think it's probably mostly the twins. <laughs> right. So if we so if we dig into this a little bit more, he had a one whip. <laughs> exactly one. And a two point six one ERA, if you want to think in those stats. He kinda good. He is Chris Sale-esque? Oh, if you're talking about visual appearance? Yeah. 100% that's what, agree. Ask. I mean, there's something about Chris Sale. Chris Sale is pretty unique. Chris Sale is even taller and skinnier. Yes. Taylor Rogers is like <laughs> kind of gangly, left-handed, throws with... There's a lot moving around. It's fast, too. His is motion is like quick. You're just like... Like it's a blink and you miss it, his pitch delivery. He was like a big thing in like 2016, and I feel like I totally forgot about him last year. Oh, I think, yeah, I totally forgot about him last year. And the thing was that the Twins made it really easy to forget about him last year. Because he wasn't as important to the team, to the team's success. Yeah, right. Whereas Taylor Rogers would be, oh, God. When it would be an experiment in like 2018 of like, how do we mess up this game, Paul? <laughs> Paul Molitor, how do we mess up this game? And it would be like, well, you got a four-run lead. Uh, it's a high-pressure situation here in the seventh inning. Why don't we send Taylor out there? Why don't we do that? You I know, and it would be like, right. be like yeah. no, no, four-run lead. Let's send someone else out there. And then all of a sudden, it would be down to a one-run lead with one man on and then be like Taylor would come out for like two batters. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, it made no sense. So he got, he managed last year to get the ninth most saves in baseball. It's pretty good. That's not bad. No, I, I, for nobody talking about him right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I think, and his, his numbers look really good, and there's nothing, even though he had that crazy BABIP, there's nothing to suspect in his FIP or XFIP that he should have a massive regression. I mean, you you got to love those walks and home run numbers. Yeah, I, I think that he's, that you do have to love. There's nothing about it that screams something is going to change in the other direction and the nice thing about it is that he's so he's 29 so assuming that he does it this year and proves that he's got like some sort of track record i think that he's lined up to be a pretty robust closer for a few years i think so too well let's be let's be clear here how are the twins gonna mess this up oh it's a great question i mean now that they now that they have somebody that could really be an established closer, I assume that Rocco Beldelli will look at it and be like, "Let's can we mess this? Can we crazy this up a little bit on the back I end?" I don't here? know if Rocco is going to be the one who's going to do can something. We, can we crazy this up? I mean, he did he did pitch almost seventy innings last year. 
which is about right. No, that's about right. 60 to especially he his ratio no 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 save situations right i understand but his ratio of saves to innings is a not a little anomalous like little of all low. the if you look at the top if you look at the top 18 top 20 saves getters he had the third most innings last year so they're they're definitely pushing him yeah, I I think they are. I think they're trying to use him in more high pressure situations because I, I think he came in in a few more non save situations and other pitchers. I mean, he appe- he appeared in the right number of games. I guess. I mean, everybody's appearing in. Actually, no, he appeared in fewer games mm-hmm. than almost all the other longer, closers. He had That's some fireman, fireman type outings. But he also had basically except for. So Brad that's our that's our concern. He might get yeah. worn out. He might be used a little bit more in a hater type type role which would be concerning yeah i get somebody for you next week though who do you have for me next week let's watch his his buddy in number of saves alex colome wow just staying in the colome still in the al central correct well i was i was about to pick ian kennedy so i mean yeah let's just let's just work our way through the al central here <laughs> no <laughs> Everybody for Alex in two weeks. Alex Colley. I want Alex I like Colley. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!